everybody, and welcome to a brand new Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm centered here in the center of the country, the Midwest, and my co-host on the West Coast, Mr. Chad Smart. Chad, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Greg. If I'm the co-host on the West Coast, are you the host best in the Midwest? Nope. Okay. Just trying to come up with another rhyme. I got nothing. It wasn't all I had. It wasn't a bad rhyme. I was best in the Midwest. It, it, it wasn't a bad rhyme. I just, I, I just don't ever claim to be the best at anything. So, okay. My, uh, um, my self-deprecating nature won't allow it. Uh, should we go with the host that needs rest in the Midwest? That, that could definitely, yeah. Yep. Okay. That one works. Um, how are you? It's been a week. Uh, it's been a week. Yes. I, has it only been a week? Because I have lost track of all time, dates, hours. You know, we're just, I think, the is it the Gregorian calendar? Is that what it's called that, we're, that we use? I think that has gone out the window a long time ago. Uh, but yes, it's been a week since we last met up to discuss the, the great indie comedy. Uh, it's a disaster. And mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out because I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but one of the uh, one of the actors in the film, I believe it was Jeff Grace, actually uh, complimented us on the podcast. Where did you see this? It was on your post on on Greg and Chad's uh, Power Half Hour. Yeah, I'm going there now. I didn't see that. You must have uh, jumped in there, saw the notification, and erased it for me. Uh, uh, let's uh, see. I mean, I didn't go to notifications. I just was scrolling. Enjoyed the That's podcast, you... guys. Appreciate you giving the movie a look. Yep, Jeff Grace. Booyah. Yeah. Well, look at that. We'll see if he's listening to this one. but I'm, You know what? Here's the thing. Because our topic today is so broad, I mean, it, it, everybody, can, everybody can say that they have experienced this. I would hope that anybody uh, can say that they've experienced what we're going to discuss in this week's topic, but yeah, shout out to Jeff Grace, man. That uh, that makes me feel good. Thank you, Jeff, and uh, glad you enjoyed the podcast. This week on Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour, we are talking about our first concerts, and I'm excited to talk, to talk about this because I've only been to a handful of concerts anyway. So I'm I, I'm calling them all my first concerts. All right, does that work? I, uh... Or, or, that, that works. I mean, it's your, it's your show. You can call it whatever you want. Chad, Chad, no, no, no. Don't do that to me. It is our show. And well, you, you it's can, our show. But... You, can put, you can put the uh, the boot down anytime you want to. And by the way, you were close. It's the Gregorian calendar. Oh, Gregorian. Okay. Um, I knew there was – I knew you were involved in some way. That's right. It was – it was, uh, you know, I, I come from a long line of uh, famous Gregs. There's, uh, of course, uh, Saint Gregory the Great. I don't know if you knew that, but he was a pope, uh, and and you know probably was responsible for the Gregorian calendar. I didn't do that much looking, um, but yeah, it's all us Gregs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not forget a shout out to one of the greatest Gregs ever, Greg Evigan, the lead actor in. BJ and the Bear and my two dads. I honestly thought you were going to go with Greg Kinnear. I thought no, I said that's one where of the you're great going. Gregs. 
Well, I mean, depending on the role, Greg Kinnear's been okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to go with Greg Brady. Uh, was he the oldest one? Yes. Okay. See? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. It's been a long time since I watched We can turn this into just a half hour of Greg's. I mean. <sighs> no. Even my wife would turn it <laughs> off. I mean, she doesn't listen anyway, but she would, she would pretty much be like, I've had enough. Yeah, I've kind of decided like our first 10 minutes of the show is just rambling incoherentness, but um, it is what it is because it's our show and we'll talk about whatever comes to mind. And especially in these quarantine times where I'm going stir crazy, just the fact that I get to talk to anybody, there's a whole stream of conscious thoughts built up in my head that I just open my mouth and who knows what's going to come out. So I'm glad you said that because years ago I went from working in terrestrial radio to working as a, a car salesman. Both of those jobs, you know, are obviously a lot of communication. But in between those two jobs, I spent three weeks working in a factory. And my wife, God bless her, you know, I, I you can't really hear anybody or communicate in the factory and pretty much because I was new there, I was really wasn't talking to anyone. They were talking at me and giving me, you know, telling me what to do. So I would come home and I would unload a day's worth of, you know, word vomit at mm-hmm. her. And she was like, you need to find something where you talk to people. <laughs> so, um, no, it's true. It's if you don't get those thoughts out, they just kind of build up in your head. And, you know, most of the time it, Nothing bad happens, but other times, you know, the neighbor's dog starts telling you to kill. And Mm -hmm. uh, those are the times that hopefully we don't get to in this uh, 18 months of quarantine. So, 18 months. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, let's go ahead and get to this week's episode, this week's topic. And and it is... Back on track. Yeah, it is first concerts. And... I'm excited because I remember greatly my first concert and I'm sure you do too, because it was your idea for the topic. So how old were you? I guess let's start here. How old were you when you went to your first, uh, concert? I was 15. I'm trying to think of what year that was. That was 1989. Okay. What, uh, so just, just for comparison's sake, uh, my first concert was 2001, and so I was 19. Okay. Uh, where was your first concert? My first one was in Springfield, Illinois at the Prairie Capital Convention Center, which is uh, still going, and I just saw Weird Al Yankovic there about four years ago, I think. Nice. Five years ago. Uh, my last concert that I saw there. Was it part of the Illinois State Fair? It was not. Okay. Uh, so my con- my first concert was at – now this has gone through a number of name changes in the last 20 years, but at the time it was the Riverport Amphitheater mm-hmm. out in Maryland Heights, Earth City, Missouri, out in that area. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you sound, I, uh, you, you sound like you've been there a time I, or two. Yeah, I almost got kicked out of that place. Okay. Oh, there's a story. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, so it was when I was in college and I believe it was like 94. So I think two years, 
93, 94, somewhere. It was within a few years of the Guns N' Roses riot at the venue. Um, mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, are you? let's start there. Are you familiar with the Guns N' Roses riot? No. Okay. When the venue first opened, uh, Guns N' Roses were playing on their Use Your Illusion tour. Someone in the audience um, was taking photos. Axl Rose told security to get the camera away from them. Uh, when security failed to do so, Axel said, fine, I'll do it myself, and jumped into the uh, into the crowd. <laughs> and then got back up on stage and said, all right, that's it. You know, We're done, and stormed off stage. And I don't think they'd been playing – I don't even think they'd been playing for like a half hour. And it just turned into an all – all out kind of riot people tearing up chairs and and everything. So you can, I'm sure the internet has more detail um, on it. So fast forward about a year or two and I was, I was in college and working for a student television station and I, um, we would do interviews with bands. Uh, I was producing a country music video show at the time. And so we, uh, got to interview a new up-and-coming country artist named Rhett Akins. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. And he was okay. He was opening. It was he was opening for Reba McIntyre, and Toby Keith was the second act on the show. And so we uh, we did the interview before the show, and then they gave us free tickets. Um, we were sitting in the last row of the seating area, and. At one point, the people next to us knew Rhett Aiken's band. And so the bass player came out and was sitting with them and talking. And security came over and asked him to see his ticket. And he held up his backstage pass. And the security was like, no, you can't sit here. And like pretty much kicked him out, even though uh, he was with the band. <laughs> uh, anyway, fast forward. Toby Keith is playing. I was not a fan of Toby Keith at the time. And uh, been standing out in the sun for several hours and, you know, may have had a couple libations. And nice. at one point, Toby, Ke- Toby Keith is saying, you know, trying to get the crowd to sing along. And me being the very original, very, you know, top mark comedic talent that I am. Oh, no. Yelled out, free bird. And uh, this lady, a couple rows in front, kind of turned and looked at me. And uh, then about mm, 30 seconds later, when the security guards came over and like, um, you know, have a good time, but don't upset anyone else or else we'll have to ask you to leave. Wow. And I just went, okay. You upset people. How dare you? Yeah. I, I know. That brings up, uh, you know, that brings up an interesting uh, conversation though. And, and we are getting way off topic, uh, but we'll, we'll probably circle back. Hey, we're talking concerts. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, it's the pre-show, the, right. The notion or the mentality that, Hey, I paid my 40 bucks for this seat, be it a concert or a, uh, a, a, you know, ball game or something like that. And I can fan any way I want to, as long as I'm not being, you know, physically, uh, or verbally abusive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, especially in, in, in sporting events where, you know, I'm, I'm the type, I want to stand up and kind of watch and see everything. And that causes problems for people who might want to sit behind me. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, sorry, you know, I, uh, especially well, if people in front of me are standing up, I'm going to stand up and I'm six, three, two forty five. So I'm just 
be prepared to stand up with me or be blocked. Yeah, and it, especially at concerts where you should be standing and, you know, getting involved in the show. Um, but, yeah, I've been to several shows where people just sit and you're like, okay, but I'm going to stand, but I don't want to be the jerk who's blocking people. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's a very fine, fine line between having fun and being an, an obnoxious jerk. And, you know, it all depends. I mean, I was at a show um, where we were at Angel Stadium here, here in Anaheim. It was the Kenny Chesney summer tour. Mm. And one of the opening acts, and there's like teenage girl and then like her mom and her mom's friends. And at one point the girl started to get up, but then looked around and saw no one else was and sat back down. And I'm like, no, stand at you. Have fun. You're at a concert, not a funeral. Just, right. You know, enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. So it is a fine line. But you kind of have to read the room and, and you know, don't be a jerk, basically. What I'm trying to say. Don't be a jerk. Uh, Chad, out of curiosity, what, how much time do we have left in this show? Oh, we, we haven't even hit the halfway mark yet. Okay. Well, let's get to it then. Uh, we know the year. We know the uh location 1989 chad take us back okay well i'm going to actually go off on another tangent real quick because what kind of inspired this topic and you had mentioned that when i texted you the idea you said you had a story and it was embarrassing so i'm curious to see how that is but uh a few years ago just I leave me leave, just leave me one minute at the end of the show that's all i ask yeah um we were this won't take that long but I was at a show. It was a benefit for the Country Music Hall of Fame. It was, um, uh, well, name just went blank. He's playing with the Eagles now, filling in, uh, married to Amy Grant. Uh, Vince, Vince Gill. Here. Yes. It was Vince Gill, Emmy Lou Harris, Anna Nancy Wilson of Heart, and mm -hmm. Jason Mraz. And they were all on the stage at the same time, just sitting on stools with acoustic gu guitars, and they would just go around and play a song each. And in between songs, Vince would kind of, you know, come up with conversation. And he said, you know, this is a game we play at our house. What was your first concert? And so he, t he and Emily Lou told their show, their concerts. And it was bands that I'd never heard of. Um, Ann Wilson of Heart said hers was Chubby Checker. And then Nancy Wilson's like, oh, my first concert was this little band called the Beatles. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you win. Um, sure. But then it comes to Jason Mraz, and he's like, well, my first one was probably, like, my parents probably took me to see Kenny Loggins or the Beach Boys. But the first show that I used my money to buy the ticket was Millie Vanilli. <sighs> so I was hoping you were going to go along those lines, but you said 2001. So Millie Vanilli would have been way past um, the prime there. So we're curious. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Kevin. Kevin would, Kevin would have spent his hard-earned money on, on Millie Vanilli, and he would defend that decision to this day. And, Kevin, I know you're listening, and uh, don't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, and he would have the concert T-shirt that he would still wear. And he's probably going to jump in the comments and berate me uh, for you know, giving him crap about it. I can't hey, wait. Each their own. I can't wait. You know? I can't, just wait, because, no, uh, like I said, mine is truly embarrassing. Well, I will just do a little shout plug for my other show, Popology 101, which 
Uh, it should have came out the same week as this episode, but I've been lazy. It will come out the following week. It's Guilty Pleasures Music Edition, and uh, my co-host on that, Travis Yates, shares an actually pretty amusing Millie Vanilli story. So that will be the tease for that. But you want to talk about our first concerts. Let me get back on track. So my first show, as I said, was September of 1989. I was 15. It's funny that yours is September. Mine was also September, 12 years later. Uh, it was on the In God We Trust tour. It was Striper with White Lion opening in support. I also had a uh, Christian element to my first concert that I'm going to discuss oh. here. Interesting. Mm. Huh. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun show. And uh, the week prior to that, my uh, church youth group had gone to Springfield to church there to hear um, – a speaker talk about the evils of rock and roll and the satanic elements and tell us that Striper was a devil worshiping band. So nice. that was something. Yeah. So at your uh, concert there? Yes. I bought a Striper t-shirt that has long since been discarded and postscript to that story. 25 years later, maybe, um, I don't, I'm not doing math real quick. Uh, 25 years later would have been what, 2014? So, uh, maybe like 25, 26 years later, uh, living out here in Los Angeles, I still have the concert ticket. Holy cow. And at the Whiskey A Go Go, famous club on the Sunset Strip, Michael Sweet and Oz Fox, the guitar player, or the lead singer and guitar player for Striper, were doing a show. And opening was Mike Tramp, the lead singer of White Lion. Really? So I went to that show. Yeah. And uh, after the show, I um, hung out in the club for a while, and Oz Fox was kind of walking around talking to some friends. And I went up to him, and I said, showed him the ticket. I'm like, oh, you guys were my first concert. You know, can I get you to sign this? And he just went, okay, and signed it and walked off. And it was very disappointing. Uh, yeah, because I don't I, think I, anybody's, you know, really I – mean, aside from it, I know you have talked in uh, – uh, in your Wonder Why podcast with Mike DeKalb about, you know, those 70s or 80s, you know, kind of um, uh, ensemble type of concerts and things like that, you know, like the retro shows. Uh, but nobody's really going out and seeking Striper or White Lion, honestly. So you thought he would have been, you know, like, oh, cool, you know, that that's awesome that, you know, we were – you were there for us, and you know here you are. You know, we were there for you for that first one, and now you're here checking us out again. All these years, like you thought well, he would have been somewhat, you know, Something, impressed. Yeah, or if nothing yeah, else, not like just being like, "Oh, hey." If nothing else, just impressed concert, by if, if nothing else, impressed by the notion that the ticket, you know, stayed intact for twenty plus years. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, and I apologize. Sweet just stayed in the locker room or the dressing room the whole time, so that was disappointing. And, and uh, the ticket actually doesn't say White Lion on it, so I didn't bother talking to Mike Tramp. Um, but Mike Tramp has put out some solo albums that I would recommend. I'm sure you can find them on Spotify or Amazon Music or any place else probably that actually sells CDs and music as well. And Striper is still out there. Uh, I've seen them a couple times, or at least one other time since then. So um, they're still out and about. I would recommend checking them out. So, fast forward 12 years, September 2001. More specifically, Sunday, September 2nd, 
2001. So nine days before the world tra- changed, you know, forever, um, mm. there was a little uh, event at the Riverport Amphitheater known as... Oh, I, I forgot to ask you, who did you go and see your first concert with? Uh, Butcher Prince from high school. Okay. There were, I think there were about six or seven of us. All right. Uh, so, and, and then I asked that because... I went to this concert. It was uh, the Points Fish Fry, 105.7 The Point, the uh, mm-hmm. Alt Rock Station in St. Louis, and the Fish Fry. And I went with uh, uh, my buddies, Louie and Tony, their brothers. Louie's two years younger than me. Tony's two years younger than him. And uh, their dad went because he liked all the music that was going to be there and drove. So it was cool. Um, at the time, I, like I said, I was 19. So you had 19, 17, 15 probably a good thing that the dad went anyway because the 15 year old might have you know caused some mischief or something like that uh so the bands that i remember being there because there was another up-and-coming band from texas that was forever up and coming and never made it and i don't remember the name their name but uh edema was there on the main stage anybody who doesn't recall edema was um they had a song about that time uh but their front man was the Half brother or step brother or something like that of uh, Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Edema was there, Mudvayne, yeah, uh, and Peoria's then, finest, I believe. Peoria's absolute finest, uh, and I was a huge Mudvayne mark at the time. Um, and then it was, stay with me now, Nickelback, mm. Pod, and. Headlining was Three Doors Down. So you almost have two completely different concerts there, uh, as far as you know, sound goes. And Adema uh, uh, was there, and Mudvayne was there. And and you look back, you know, we were in the seats, but you look back at the the front of the lawn section where it's just dirt, and there's a mosh pit, and it's just kicking up dust and dirt uh, when Mudvayne was on it. Like I said, I I. I think, by and large, we were probably there for Mudvayne, but at the same time, uh, Mike, who, who's my, my friend's dad, uh, he's like, I don't know about you all, but we paid X amount for these tickets. It's not like we're going to watch two bands and leave. We're staying until the end. Uh, but we were, you know, there, there were definitely people who were just there to see Mudvayne, and then after Mudvayne was done playing, they vamoosed. Um, Nickelback set, I remember it being like kind of at, at dusk and the sun was kind of coming out over the lawn, uh, you know, onto, onto the stage, which kind of provided a nice visual, um, POD I thought was great. Um, and that was the, the, uh, religious element, uh, that, that, you know, I tied it into with you talking about, uh, um, you know, your bands as well. Um, and then, like I said, three doors down, closed it out, did an encore, um, I actually pulled up a clip from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, like a review of the show, um, and it says, Headliner Three Doors Down fails to hold attention of the crowd, if that's any indication. Uh, it it actually had the nicest things to say about P.O.D. Um, it said, uh, the strongest song, um, P.O.D. split its set between uh, the strongest songs from its 1999 debut, The Fundamental Elements of Southtown, and new songs from the soon-to-be-released Satellite. 
Intense, energetic, predictably, predictably spirited. The band's sound builds on strong bass lines to dig in impressive groove, embellished by crunchy guitars and topped off by, with Sonny's passionate vocal delivery. I uh, had also uh, th- nice things to say about Mudvayne just on their uh, different presentation. Said less derivative, at least visually, with their grease-painted faces and spiked hair. Mudvayne dug a deep trench with modern metal songs from their debut LD50. More bark than bite. Mudvayne has nailed down an image that works. Now the band needs music that's also outside the box and less repetitive. So, um, didn't say anything great about Nickelback or Three Doors Down, and Edema did not get mentioned at all. Well, and you said this is September 2001. Uh, I'm guessing this is before the Nickelback backlash. Oh, for the sure. Nickelback backlash. This was actually like, I didn't mind Nickelback at this time. It, they were on their uh, second album, which I believe was called Silver Side Up or something like that. It was, they had uh, How You Remind Me was their big song at the time. But but I think people forget that on their debut album uh, was Leader of Men, which uh, was kind of a you know underrated song. And I'm trying to think, I want to say that in 2001... Uh, 2001 or early 2002 was when the Spider-Man movie came out, the first one, and uh, the frontman for Nickelback had a song with the frontman for um, Saliva on that uh, soundtrack that you know get people forget about. Um, but I mean, that, that, I don't, I don't jump in the in the basket of hate for Nickelback. It just is what it is. You know, it's it's relatively safe music you know i mean it was they had a uh, um, burn it to the ground was the you know wwe monday night raw theme song for years you know a decade back so you know it's it's just middle of the road it's you know it, it's trying to appeal to as many you know people as possible but in doing so it kind of alienates itself but oh well whatever no i i don't understand the backlash uh, I think Nickelback is a perfectly fine band. You know, like you said, they're not setting the world on fire. They're not changing anything. It's just good, old-fashioned rock and roll. So, And you know what's the best about Nickelback? They are singing their own songs and playing their own instruments. And not all musical groups from a decade prior or more could handle it, could, could say that bringing back Good around turn. to Millie Vanilli. Anyway, um, where are we looking at time-wise, Chad? Uh, we still got about two and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, it, I, I've got to say, when I the first weekend that I spent out in uh, Nebraska was the Sheridan County Fair, uh, and we were broadcasting that parade and doing other, you know, run-ins uh, from that, you know, covering that, and I got to meet and see meet all of the band and, uh, you know, see the concert for the nitty gritty dirt band on the main stage that Saturday night. So that was cool. I, I mean, I'm familiar with their band being the nitty gritty dirt band and they have a song called fishing in the dark, but that's, uh, Mr. Bojangles. Yeah, no. Okay. I got one so, more for you, Chad. Okay. This is the really embarrassing one. You thought Nickelback was bad. The year is 1998. This is the one I don't talk about. This is this is the one I'm, I saved for. This is the real first concert I ever attended. Uh, the 
Fish Fry was the one that I, you know, like you, paid for with my own money. But in mm-hmm. 1998, uh, my parents had two tickets to a show at the Keel Center in St. Louis, home of the St. Louis Blues, your your Stanley Cup St. Louis, uh, champion, St. Louis Blues. Uh, there was a weeknight show in the winter time because I remember because I, I wore a coat. They had two tickets, and then day of, someone that my mom knows says, "Hey, I've got a box." For the show, if you and, you know, said to her, if you and your husband want to, you know, come to the show, come to the concert. And she, my mom said, well, we've already got tickets for the show. He said, well, you know. One minute. Okay. He said, well, you know, find someone for those tickets. So my mom said to me, do you want to go? And, you, you know, I said, okay, but that's still, I'm not going to go by myself and sit in this ticket or you sit by myself. She said, well, ask your buddy if he wants to go. So. I call him up, you know, it's like I said, it's probably a school night or something like that. And, you know, I, he clears with his folks. And so we all head over to St. Louis, my mom, my dad, me and my friend later that summer. And so we, uh, all head over and we smuggled snacks in, into our, uh, uh, in in our big coats. And I think he even had a Walkman with him, uh, which just goes to show how excited he was, but he was a gamer, you know, he was doing his best. Uh, so yeah, so at the age of 15, me and my best friend, who still is my best friend, he was the best man at my wedding, we're sitting in the upper bowl at the Keel Center. My mom and dad are in the box. And uh, yeah, it is with great shame, great embarrassment that my first concert was... This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.